0: It is Locked On Jazz for the 2nd of September. Reports of the Utah Jazz have traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The rebuild is in full throttle, pedal down, engine roaring. What does it mean? What did the Jazz receive if this deal goes through? What is the timeline and what have they accumulated through all of it? We're talking about it coming up on today's edition of Locked On How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Give you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, including... YouTube, and any podcasting app. So thank you very much for tuning in. Five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. Thumbs up on the YouTube video is there as well. And please, just give me an old Your Team Every Day mention in the chat so I know you're there. Uh, Glad to have you aboard. For those of you who tried to join our live show, we apologize. The hotel internet was not good enough to do it, so we are just doing it the old-school way without being able to interact personally. Uh, So the reports that came out yesterday, and apologize, this is a little later than I'd like to be on an emergency pod, but I was literally boarding a plane. For those of you who are in Salt Lake City, I was I was out at a B-gate, so I mean I was like in Ogden, and I was on one of those little shuttles to a B-gate when the news broke, um, and uh, actually did a Hans and Scotty interview while literally sitting on that bus, uh, and then been with family, so haven't been able to react as, as quickly as, as maybe... Uh, I usually would have. So the, the reports are the Jazz have traded Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers, not the New York Knicks, in exchange for an unprotected pick in 2025, 2027, 2029, pick swaps in 2026 and 2028. Colin Sexton, Lowry Markinen, and the 14th pick of the draft that just happened uh, out of Kansas, Ochi Abaji, uh, comes to the Jazz. Now, there's a bunch of aspects of this deal. We'll talk about, like, the inner workings of the deal. We'll talk about why. We'll talk about who Colin Sexton and uh, Lowry marketing and why they're important, if this, as reported, happens. We'll talk about the accumulation of picks in the two deals, and we'll talk about the timeline that the Jazz have, uh, like how, how long does a rebuild last. So all of that is is coming up for you uh, on the show today. Um, and, and so... Will Sorry, I think we're having a minor. I think I've got it figured out. Hard to do things from the hotel. Uh, So here's what we've got for you on this. The first thing is uh, on the trade. I actually think the pick pick accumulation is really important, and the pick years are important. Cleveland couldn't actually. They have a pick uh, off of the Karis LeVert trade that they made. They couldn't actually give the Jazz... 2023 or 2024 Jazz didn't actually want 2023 They already The Jazz already have the Nets pick The Timberwolves pick and their own pick next year And their own pick looks like it's going to be very good 2024 The Jazz have their own pick 2025 That pick probably If Cleveland holds with Donovan Mitchell Darius Garland Evan Mobley, Jared Allen And whatever they do and they probably get better in the meantime Filling that gap in That's probably not a, a 2025 might not be the greatest asset in the world as reported. But by 2026 and 27, who knows? 27 is post Donovan's free agency. The way the league rules work right now, you're not going to be able to sign someone to it. Cleveland's got a major risk here so with the cap bumping the way it's going to. Cleveland's not going to be able to sign Donovan to an extension. He's going to go to free agency. New York is going to loom. Uh, L.A. is going to loom. I've always thought Donovan's going to end up with the Clippers. To be honest, uh, the when Kawhi and Paul George's timetable works up, they've got their new building. ballmer has got that thing rocking. I'm a 29 year old. At that point, I want to live in L.A., not New York. That's my thought. Uh, then the 2029 20, pick. Same thing with the Minnesota pick, and. The Cleveland pick, what's interesting here is the Jazz have made two trades, if this trade is as reported, in which they are not trading with major free agent markets. Like if something goes wrong in Minnesota and Cleveland, they're just like us. They can't sign free agents. No one's signing to go up to go live in Cleveland. No one's signing to go live in Minnesota. And so if Anthony Edwards somehow bumps from from where in Minnesota wants to go or Darius Garland or Evan Mote or something goes awry, those are not franchises that can, can rebuild this situation and get this to back to working. And so, therefore, the 2027 and the 2029 picks really might be the most valuable in this. Now, Cleveland's super young, right? Garland, Mitchell, Mobley, Allen are all, I think, 26 or younger. So they could lead this to go for a while, but that, we all know how well that lasts. And that's what's important here when we get to timeline today is the structure of that pick. So the fact that those picks are later seems to me to be good. The other part of this is that Colin Sexton and Lowry Markkinen begin a timetable or at least a path of players. Sexton reportedly will be signing a four-year $70 million deal. He's good. He's a former top-ten pick. He's got some point guard skills. He's not a natural point guard. He can really score. He scored his last full season. He scored over 37 times. And so there's a bunch of pieces. So there's your first piece. is a young guard, young, athletic, scoring guard, 6'1", a little smaller than you might like, 6'6", wingspan, so plus wingspan. That's your first piece. Now, in the Minnesota trade with Rudy Gobert, there weren't really pieces in a timeline. There weren't really pieces, right? Balmero's an interesting piece. Kessler was the first round draft pick, 22nd pick. Vanderbilt's a nice compliment. Malik Beasley, it, we'll see whether he stays with us or not. And we've already moved Patrick Beverly. This, I think, is the beginning of building some pieces that move the Jazz forward. Colin Saxton, and Lowry Marketing. Marketing was the ninth pick of the draft out of one year in Arizona. You just don't get seven-footers that can shoot 40% from three. Now, that's an unusual thing. We used to want seven-footers that banged and did all this kind of stuff. But marketing is a seven-footer who's played the three and the four, did the three pretty well last year. Defensively, is not great. Nor is Sexton, who can really shoot it. He shot 40% from three last year, 36 before. The... Everyone who was in Chicago during the Jim Boylan era feels it was kind of a lost stretch of time where just things weren't done particularly well. So he goes to Cleveland, he, he takes a nice jump. That's a nice piece, and he signed an extension last year, so sure, that's three years. So you're now beginning to see, in a, in a rapidly fast fashion, pieces of this timeline coming together. So Saxton and marketing in this deal. Abadji, the fourteenth pick of the draft, and Kessler, the 26th, 22nd pick of the draft. We'll see. I, I talk about this all the time. Fifty percent of players after the eleventh pick of an eleventh pick of the first round become rotation players. Only fifty percent. Maybe the Jazz got two of them. They weren't players. Danny's one of the great drafters of all time, Danny Ainge, but we and he didn't really make these picks, but he. So these aren't probably under his. They're just picks that other people made, and we made trades with them. I don't think we certainly – I don't have the feeling that we went to Minnesota and said, hey, will you draft Walker Kessler, who's going to make a Rudy Gobert trade? And we certainly didn't in late June say, hey, by the way, on September 1st, we're going to r- make a reported Donovan Mitchell trade with you, so could you draft Avaji on that day? So these are not players that Danny, who's got one of the great draft track records, took, but they are players – that are that that are now part of our timeline. And in addition to that, we've got these other pieces. Balmero, uh Fonsecchio, who were signing uh who we signed out of Europe. Maybe maybe Balmero develops, right, as, as a piece of the puzzle. We've got these other um, players, took Taylor Horton Tucker that we got from the Patrick Beverly trade. That we're starting to piece together and see whether or not these new pieces have an addition. Add Doak, add Jared Butler to that mix as well. And you now have what is the beginning of the core of the rebuild. And part of a rebuild is we're going to be adding, hopefully, electrifying unbelievable pieces through the draft in the next three years. While then, as as and we'll get into this on timeline, these other pieces either develop or they don't develop. And they're the beginning of it. So that's what we have here. We have... The Jazz have, the, the, the trade as reported, the Jazz have gone into full rebuild mode. I would expect that Boyan and Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson all get moved. We are beginning to see a team that now has a timeline. Saxton and Markinen are two pieces that are good, solid, top 10 draft pick NBA rotation pieces. You're seeing a team that suddenly just got the 14th and the 22nd pick in the draft. So there's two more people. And in the process, have acquired some other interesting pieces. Balmero, Talon Horton Tucker, from Cechio, um, from other pieces. And now you have this. And plus we have Butler and we have Doak already. So now you're beginning to see this and we'll see. And no, it's not going to win a lot of games early on. And it's going to take some time. So why would you possibly do this? Why would you do it? We'll touch on that as we continue. Special edition Locked on Jazz, brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years. The Hyundai, just fabulous. I'm on my third one. Like, I'm not just blowing smoke here. This isn't like... I mean, this is a paid advertisement, don't kid ourselves. But it's not like a paid advertisement, and then I blow smoke. I'm actually a paid advertisement. It's the first time somebody's ever advertised with a company, and I've actually lost money on the deal because I just keep buying cars from them. Got two Santa Fe's, just got the incredible electric Ionic absolutely fabulous. What do I find every time I research it? I find that I get more bells, more whistles, more safety features, more benefit for less money than I am anywhere else. That's the value proposition of the Hyundai and dealing with a Murdoch's is absolutely outstanding. That's all. Murdoch Hyundai located 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan, and, in Lyndon, if you're going to stop by, email me first. I'll set you up with Cam and Murray, Jake down, and uh, Lyndon. Get your VIP set up. Get you all set up before you get there. Feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com. Thanks so much for making Locked Jazz your first listen of the day. Hey, if you're a football fan, the Ultimate NFL Preview has launched on the Ultimate feed. Go check out the Ultimate NFL Preview Um, It's in coordination with Odyssey. It's absolutely unbelievable. Conference previews all the way across the board, uh, or divisional previews all the way across the board. So make sure you grab those if you're getting ready for the NFL season uh, as your second listen. So let's back up to why. The Rudy Gobert trade, the first of this piece. So the first thing is that the Jazz as a team, Never could overcome its scars. We, we can dig in deeper. There's a Sure, we can look at the Desmond Bain miss in the draft. We can look at the Derek Favors signing and then have to give up a pick. But the fact is the Jazz had gotten themselves completely hamstrung with no picks, no free agency, no cap room. And the team was heading internally and on the court in the wrong direction. Right? We just never got over the scar of the Denver loss, never got over the scar of the Clipper loss, and then this last year just couldn't progress through it. So rolling it back seemed unlikely. We talked about this a lot. Your first route is to go see what you can do and who you and how you can build. Minnesota comes with a massive package. It will be interesting in retrospect to know, were the Jazz really looking to trade Rudy Gobert that to, at that point? Or was the trade package so outstanding that the Jazz did it? And it could be either of the two. There is a legitimate argument that having a 40 million dollars tied up in a center with no offensive skills as dominantly great as he is defensively prohibits you from winning in the, a championship that is some people's viewpoint i'm not sure where i feel on that cuz i think we all know i believe rudy's just you know a 52 53 win automatic seemingly every season he's on your roster he's just that dominant but there's no question his lack of offense in the playoffs is a problem and teams have gotten better at moving him and so his there is a trend that his impact defensively could be less. So the trading Rudy Gobert was not was was I I, was the right move with that package. It is not entirely clear that the rebuild had totally happened at that point, or whether or not maybe the plan at that point was let's build around Donovan Mitchell. The key to building around Donovan Mitchell is that Donovan Mitchell had to want to be built around. And it is not totally clear that Donovan Mitchell wanted to be built around. So even if the Jazz desire at that point was to build around Donovan Mitchell and rebuild this the way do- exactly how Danny Ainge did with Paul Pierce, the key to that is that Donovan Mitchell has to want to do that. And I'm not clear on whether where Donovan Mitchell stood on that. It was clear, I think, to everyone involved that when Donovan became a free agent, the chances of him staying in Utah were slim. And this is a subtle thing, but the, the cap is going to make a huge jump. And when the cap makes this huge jump, it means you will not be able to sign players to extensions to prevent them from going to free agency. So there's just zero chance that Donovan doesn't go to free agency when his player option comes up. So the Jazz could tr- could have tried to build around Donovan Mitchell if Donovan Mitchell was, was willing But they would have known his free agency was looming. It's not even clear that Donovan wanted to wait that long. At that point, because of this same situation, with the free agency loom issue there, and the inability to sign extension, I missed on something. I thought that the Jazz could probably wait a year on this with both Rudy and Donovan, and have their value be the exact same as it is today. On Rudy, I still think that might have been true unless the eight, unless some of the number of trends that I've shared with you over the last year where he's defending about 15% fewer shots a game and about 10% fewer shots a game at the rim continue, continue. then, then maybe not. But with Donovan, I'm not sure. If, if you had not traded Donovan today, or if they don't trade Donovan when the deal goes officially, you would end up, I think, being beholden to New York, or at least... The Charlottes, the Orlandos, if they were actually involved, the Clevelands could not have been as interested because if you're a year and a half away from his free agency or a year away from his free agency, or two, it it it's a much more difficult task. Cleveland is saying, hey, we'll make a run at it now. If, in fact, you leave in free agency, we'll deal with that then. You're an incredible asset and you're worth it and we'll get the years. But if we would gotten further down the line, I think the Jazz are beholden to the Knicks at that point. So the Gobert trade, now the Donovan trade. Okay, so now why? But why still would we do this? We had two of the top 20 players in the NBA. If you're the Utah Jazz and you're trying to build to win a championship over the next, let's call it 20 years, you want to win a championship in the next, I know that sounds long. How is this, you know, the way the Utah Jazz, the route by which if you were a, stockbroker, CEO, business plan, you're going to investors, you're saying we're going to win a championship, you're trying to build a model. The way you're going to do it, if you said we're going to go build through free agency, nobody would invest in the invest in it, Right? Nobody would believe that. If you say we're going to do it through draft and asset movement, that's the answer. Trades. That's the only answer. We, the biggest free agent we've ever signed in the history of our franchise is Boyan Bogdanovich. Maybe Carlos Boozer. We're not going to be able to sign players as free agents. Same way Cleveland can't. Same way Minnesota can't. Same way most. That's not unique to us, by the way. I, I hate that when it's talked about that way. It's about 23 of the 30 franchises are not free agent destinations. Maybe even 25. So, If we're going to start this process of trying to become a championship-caliber franchise, to win a championship, and not just be 52 wins every year. I've said it. Play-by-play announcer thinks 52 wins is great. Owner, GM, head coach, players, not so much. Fans, we had the poll question on our YouTube yesterday about that. So you're now going to try to get as many assets as you possibly can. Right now, what the Utah Jazz have done is they have Colin Sexton and Lowry first They got two first-round picks from last year, the 14th pick in Abaji, the 22nd pick in Walker Kessler. They got a bunch of these other pieces that may or may not develop. They have three first-round, if this trade goes as reported, they have three first-round picks in 2023. They have a first-round pick in 2024 and maybe a pick swap there, too. One of these years they have a pick swap. Maybe it's 2026 in Minnesota. 2025, they now have the Cavaliers' first-round pick they have the Timberwolves' first-round pick, and they have their own first-round pick. 2026, they have their pick, a pick swap, and I think that's where they have another Timberwolves' pick swap. In 2027, they have their first-round pick, they have Cleveland's first-round pick, if this goes to support. They have Minnesota's first-round pick, unprotected. 2028, they have the pick swap and their own. And 2029, they have their own first-round pick, they have Minnesota's first-round pick, protected one through five. Cleveland's unprotected. I think there's a real chance they have the Lakers' 27 and 29 picks by the time we're done here. You might be able to get something with some protections for Mike Conley or Malik Beasley or Jordan Clarkson or also Boyan Bogdanovich. And by the time we're done, the Jazz have 18 to 19 first-round picks between now and 2029. That is your asset accumulation that you now start to use to build the franchise with these pieces and start to maneuver them and which of them work and which picks valuable and how are we using this? and, and, and how do we build this? And that is why you do this. You build the infrastructure with a Danny Ainge and a Justin Zanuck and Ryan Smith's ownership, and then you bring in your head coach and Will Hardy and you let him start to build this, and and you now build this with these massive accumulation of assets over this period of time. And that's why you do this, because if you're trying to build a championship in Utah, this is the route you're taking. And it's hard and it's painful, and our 45 jerseys will loom in our closets, and our 27 jerseys will loom in our closets, and we'll have heartburn from it. There's no question. Those guys are great. Love them. Think they're terrific. Will be interesting to see what they do in their next spots. I'm super curious to watch Donovan. I'm not, I'm super curious to watch Rudy, frankly, and see whether or not they, you know, some of Rudy's. Playoff weaknesses go out the window when he suddenly had a different team and it was actually our roster makeup, not Rudy's makeup. I'm super interested to see whether Donovan can help another team win, um, and how he assimilates in and what his evolution of his career is, um, from his, from his early stage of, um, who he was in Utah and how he's evolved as an all star. I, am su- super curious. Uh, Minnesota Cleveland NBA Finals, I'm all for it for the next few years. Uh, it, it doesn't make it any easier, but it is the right this is the approach, this is the route this is how you do this so how long what is the timeline impossible to answer but I will try to do my best for you as we continue on Locked on Jazz Uh, by the way it does mean that your second listen with regularity should become Locked on NBA Big Board Um, great work there from all the guys Uh, it's a crew uh, led by Rafael Barlow and then a crew of uh, super good uh, to, to Leaf, uh Richard uh, Sam uh, Really 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 good um, NBA draft experts Every single day Speaking of that I asked all of them about Abaji Who I don't know anything about uh, Richard Stamen who is uh, At Mavs Draft on Twitter said Sharpshooter really athletic Best in the open court You'll see his head get to the rim on dunks Always knows where his shooters are. Cuts well, too. More meaningfully, his defense is a question mark despite good physical abilities. If he improves there, he's a quality 3 and D guy. Uh, I asked life um, or leaf. excuse me. Now I'm so dyslexically confused. Uh, think 3 and D to a T. Good run and jump athlete, but does not create for himself. Reminds me of Danny Green, Reggie Bullock. Um, thrived in his last two seasons at Kansas After being a player removed from a redshirt uh, season Due to his necessity He was born in Milwaukee Grew up in Kansas City was kind of a Kansas City le- level Sam, who's draft dummies on Twitter Said five, six five ish wing who can shoot it Guard twos and threes Older player who's ready to play now Feels like a solid fourth or fifth starter In his most likely outcome Probably not the highest ceiling Due to his age and development So that's the 14th pick of the draft who the Jazz have reportedly acquired from uh, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. We're just coming across that the, um, I believe that the original report on Danilo Gallinari not having a torn ACL is wrong. Um, That's too bad. Uh, That could be career ending for Gallinari at this point um, with that career. All right. So what's the timeline? How long until we see the Jazz start winning basketball games. So the way I envision this happening is that what you, you've you got your, top, your, your two little scales here. One is, if you're gonna go through a rebuild and acquire great talent, you're the team that's probably gonna have to acquire the top 10 talent. Danny Ainge got very, very fortunate with Brooklyn. Torpedoing and just collapsing and sinking like the Titanic. That he got Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown out of those picks. That's that's unusual. So the top. What we need to do now over the next, let's call it, three to four years, is try to acquire through the draft the major, awesome, unbelievable franchise pieces that are going to lead us into the next version of the Utah Jazz. So that's the 23 draft, 24 draft. Twenty-five draft and maybe even the twenty-six. You don't hit on all of them. So for the next three or four years, this is what you see. And Colin Saxton is probably a part of this if this trade come, goes through, as reported. And Markinins maybe, and maybe we find out that Baji or Kessler really has a role. And maybe Balmero develops, but then we trade Vanderbilt and we move this and we and maybe we find out that you know whatever, right? You're just moving pieces. So after the Jazz have gone through acquiring draft picks for the next three to four seasons, and hopefully you have some of those pieces, right? We have our, our version of whatever, Jalen Green and um, uh, Jabari Smith and whoever Houston gets in this next year, Our Cade Cunningham, our Jalen Ivey, whatever Detroit has as they're doing the same thing. Then we start to rise up the win total in 2026, 2027, 2028, 2029, and the, these players are young and developing, they're building, and they're getting really, really good, and we're starting to really, really win Now our draft picks don't have the same value. They're not top 10 picks, hopefully, anymore. This is where the way the Jazz have done this rebuild is so smart. Now, as we become better in 2027, 2028, 2029, hopefully we get Minnesota or Cleveland unprotected pick in 2027, Torpedoes, And all of a sudden, our team that's already on the rise at 45, 50, 52, 55 wins gets this bounce from the bottom of a draft pick from one of these picks from Cleveland or Minnesota, and now you really catapult it up. Maybe that happens in 2029. Maybe that happens in the pick swap of 2028. Maybe that happens on the Lakers picks if we actually get those coming up in 2027 or 2029. But that's the timeline that I would see. I would suspect, yeah, three or four years of acquiring high first round draft picks as young players developing and learning and developing and then as we move our way up and suddenly our draft picks are now the 15th and the 22nd and the 26th of the draft and they're not as valuable that's when these trades kick in when the 2029 pick in Cleveland is suddenly the 5th pick of the NBA draft unprotected when the 2029 Timberwolves pick is suddenly the 10th pick in the draft, unprotected, and you're combining those to go get your next star. Or the 2027 pick of Cleveland is the 11th pick, and the 2027 pick of Minnesota is the 14th pick, and you have your own, and you work it up to go get that next piece because it's clear what you need and there's perfect fits. That's the timeline that I see for how this works and how it's modeled and how it ideally comes together. So, it, yes, it's going to take... it's. There's some pain, but it's modeled in a fashion that if we can start the uptick, we are going to be our, our backfill of talent is coming from these, these picks. All right, those are the main things I had for you. Appreciate you very much. It is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day for your second listen. Take a break from basketball. Go listen to the Ultimate NFL Preview and get ready for the NFL season. Or listen to Locked On Utes and Locked On Cougars with their big games this weekend. Have a great one. Talk to you later.